It's another edition of the Waiting for Next Year podcast brought to you by Evergreen Podcasts. I'm back with you, Josh Boha. We're live, Facebook, YouTube, Periscope, Twitter. Um, today, I'm honored to be joined by former Ohio State Buckeye himself, Joey Lane, and now uh, co-host of Drive the Lane podcast. And I'd say not like college basketball analyst, but I'd say college basketball junkie. If you need to know anything about college basketball, especially Ohio State, Go to Joey. He he's not only experienced it himself, but I don't think anyone has watched more college basketball this season than him, other than the people that announced the games themselves. Joey, welcome. I appreciate it. Thanks for the warm introduction. I do love college hoops. Um, even before I played in college, I was obsessed. It's always been my favorite, not only sport but favorite medium of the sport. Uh, love college hoops. I could watch sixth grade middle school basketball. I could watch high school girls basketball. I can, I, I'll watch any sort of hoops, but college basketball, it's, that's my favorite. So it's the best time of the year. It really it's It's like a three week long Christmas. If you celebrate, it feels like, like the day before the NCAA tournament starts, it feels like Christmas Eve. Which is weird this year, too, because the NCAA tournament starts on a Friday this year when it usually starts on a Tuesday or a Thursday. But yeah. I guess, I mean, I don't I don't care when it starts. As long as they play it, unlike last year, I am happy no matter where they play, no matter what they play, I'm happy. Yeah, no, absolutely. I definitely will miss the, uh, the Thursday and Friday aspect of tournaments in the past. Um, I was all ready to take a couple days off of work and just sit there on my butt and watch hoops but uh you know since it's just friday it doesn't doesn't quite feel the same but once the game starts it won't matter exactly all right so we'll get right into it ohio state the number two seed they're in um baylor's bracket they baylor's good i mean there's a lot of good teams this year but they missed out on gonzaga which is a plus that said the big 10 is we know the big 10 gauntlet this year there was no easy win, no matter what. There's especially the Big Ten tournament. How prepared is Ohio State more than any other non-Big Ten team going into this tournament? Knowing, I mean, look at their final stretch of the regular season. They played like so many ranked teams, and you have four games in four days in the Big Ten tournament against some of the best teams in the country. Yeah, um, me and Andrew, uh, my co-host, we when we recorded the podcast for this week, we actually joked about it on our show and said that Ohio State had a harder uh, route to the Big Ten Tournament Championship than they than they will to uh, to get to the Final Four. So that's, that's interesting. That's true. It's interesting. You know, you in the Big Ten, you play – there's never a night off. Um, you play teams like Rutgers and Maryland and Michigan State this year who maybe they're not in the upper echelon of the Big Ten uh, this year, um, but they would be in the upper echelon of a lot of different conferences all over the country. Um, the brand and the style of basketball that Big Ten teams play is unique to the Big Ten. And you see it year after year in the tournament that Big Ten teams beat up on other teams from other conferences that are quote-unquote better uh, because of the style of play that they have. It has teams shell-shocked at what they're experiencing. So I think the Bucs are super buck, uh, super battle-tested, um, super excited. They have a very fun first-round matchup, too. I mean, like – Lenardi even picked Oral Roberts to beat us. So, like, that's great. Give us some more fuel to the fire. I'll never forget Coach Holt um, 
calling out the haters after we beat South Dakota State my junior year. Um, so I wouldn't be surprised if, uh, you know, maybe he's not calling out people for being a two seed, being a 15 seed, but it's in the back of his head when people are, uh, uh, it's in the back of all the guys' heads when they are uh, acknowledging the fact that maybe the, the Bucks aren't upset alert. Yeah, I mean, a two seed, 15 seed, but it, we know, again, it's March. Anything can happen. You can be the number one overall seed and still lose. So any fuel to the fire is better than nothing, I guess you could say. And yeah. going back to the Big Ten, I was thinking when you were talking, it's amazing how many different styles of play there are in the Big Ten as well. Like you have Wisconsin, who's like a slow it down, do everything right, waste the shot clock. And then you have Iowa, who's just run and gun all game. So like not only has Ohio State played some of the best teams in the country night in and night out, but they've had so many different experiences throughout the season too. Not only like winning and losing, but I'm talking about like in game whether it's slow it down, grind it out, physical, run, three-pointers only. You know what I mean? It's just – if you could experience it, Ohio State did this year. Yeah, and, and I think that that's reflected in the way Ohio State plays as well. I think that they've got different speeds, different gears that they can tap into on offense and defense. Um, you know, for the majority of the year, they were playing super, super fast and scoring a ton of points, which is great. It's hard to win that way in March. And you've seen um, the coaching staff made it you know, kind of the style, uh, and especially in the Big Ten tournament. I mean, like we, I, when it came down, only a handful of seven base were being very, very purposeful in our movement and our offensive execution. Uh, and I think that's a test to being able to play a bunch of different ways because. If teams want to get up, and down, we got guys who can get up and down. Teams want to slow it down and pound the and pound the ball inside. We got guys, who, and it's uh, it's nice to have that in your back pocket for whatever scenario uh, comes up. Absolutely, and I know like the Ohio State lacks in size a bit, but they also like when Justice Stewing is playing point guard as a six seven forward. Anything but center, you can say that Ohio State has the size advantage. So I know everyone's been harping on, hey, Ohio State doesn't have a true big guy. Kyle Young's good, but he's not really a true center given his size or height, I guess. But anything besides that, I mean, even when Ohio State has had to go up against the Luke Garza's, Larry Luca Garza's, and uh, I mean, and there's so many good big men in the Big Ten alone. Um, they've held their own. I mean, the Big Ten or the big guys might get their baskets but besides that i mean they're still winning games they're still making it tough i mean there's even been times when they've out rebounded the other team even though they might have like a five or six inch advantage at center which is shows the team effort both defensively and rebounding as well yeah i I think that definitely it's a bit of a disadvantage um with our size inside you know more often than not just it just is um but there's a couple positives that come with the lineups that we play versus having some guy who was seven foot, 300 pounds uh, in the middle. You know, defensively, yes, we give up some size, but we also are able to switch basically two through four um, when you got like Justice, Musa, EJ, and Kyle out there at the same time. Those dudes can all switch, creates um, 
it's harder to create that disadvantage and just sit a guy up in the post when guys are switching every single action that they have. Um, you know, and then offensively, I think we are at more of an advantage, um, you know, than the other team is. Uh, for example, you, you use a guy like Kofi. Yeah, Kofi against EJ is a huge advantage for Illinois. Um, there's no doubt about that. EJ will admit it too. Like he is behind the eight ball when he's guarding Kofi. But who would you rather have, Kofi against EJ or EJ against Kofi? You know, so, I mean, EJ presents uh, his own mismatch when he's out there. And Kyle, too, because Kyle's proven that he can step out and shoot the ball. Um, I mean, he's athletic around the rim, catching lobs and stuff, too. Um, But EJ, I mean, that dude um, can post you up, back to the basket, mid-range game, drive by you. He's got it all. So, um, as much as it is a disadvantage on defense and people think that, it's creating a bigger offensive advantage, in my opinion, and that's why we keep going to it. Yeah, and speaking of EJ having it all, how about EJ and Kyle Young somehow turning into these three-point shooters midway through the season? I mean, that not only was surprising, I guess, especially like the way it took place, which is literally like midway through the season, they somehow found a three-point shot. But when they're hitting threes, I mean, good luck guarding Ohio State because they have Dwayne Washington, who can and will shoot it from wherever he is beyond half court. And then if EJ and Kyle Young are also in the post and coming out and shooting threes, I mean, Ohio State just has so many different weapons. I guess they don't have a like one guy. I guess Drain Washington's like the one guy, but they're so fundament- fundamentally sound as a team as far as the offense goes. It's tough to stop Ohio State just because they have so many different guys that can put up 20 or 30 points. Yeah, you know, like one through 11 guys that we've been playing, from EJ down all the way to Michi, you know, they're very skilled offensively. Um, they all bring something different to the table. I mean, Seth Towns is the freaking Ivy League player of the year. He's coming off the bench and is a shell of himself. So just imagine if that dude was running on his full potential. So, I mean, yeah, we got a lot. To, we got a lot offensively. That That's why this team is a top five offensively rated team in the country. It's not by accident. Um, you know, they're a well-oiled machine, especially when Justin Arnes make shots. I mean, that's just the game changer. So, yeah, we got a lot, a lot going on on offense, which is very, very fun and a nice change of pace from some of the Holman teams that we've had in the past where it's a struggle to score 50. Um, now these guys score 50 and a half and do it in their sleep. So uh, it's, uh, it's, it's shaping up to be a fun, fun little run in the turn, I think. Yeah, I hope, I, I hope it's a good run. I mean – at least a sweet 16, but I don't, I, it's speaking of this team, it's if Drain Washington, he just put up, I think it was a big 10 title game record, 32 points um, yep. in the loss to Illinois. And it was a career high. If he's doing that, they Ohio state can beat anyone, but who else be? So besides Drain Washington and EJ, if you were to name one other guy that has to step up for Ohio state to make a run offensively, who would it be? Who would be the one player? Um, if there is one, I, th- I, I don't. I don't know if there is one. I mean, the easy answer is Justin Arns. I mean, we were we were arguably the best team in the country when he was shooting well. Um, granted, it's not all his fault. Like, yeah, he's got to put the ball in the basket, but he's also being hawked on defense, which creates, you know, basically Ohio State's playing four on four on offense, which is regardless, Justin has gravity where people are gravitating towards him because of how great of a shooter he is. I mean, Seth, the more Seth Towns can give us, the better. I think he's a huge 
a huge piece that, you know, especially if Kyle Young's not 100%, uh, he's going to be out there giving some uh, important minutes on the offensive end. And then, um, I mean, a guy like C.J. Walker, Justice Suing, who who give you a ton night in and night out, but we're a different team if Justice can give us 18 and 10. I mean, like, he does he does that by accident sometimes. People don't even notice. You know, if C.J. Walker gives you a 20-point game, that goes a long, long way for a guy averaging 10 points a game. Um, I would say overall, Justin and Seth are, those, are the X factors where if they give us a – you know, if Justin hits four threes, if Seth hits three threes, it's going to be hard for us to lose that game because those are, frankly, those are nine points, 12 points that you aren't necessarily banking on. Um, I think those guys are, are definitely the X factors. But if some of those starters who you don't lean on for points are giving you points, it goes a long way as well. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. it's crazy. Like I said a little bit ago, it's crazy just how many different directions of how state's offense can go i mean they can lean on i mean obviously they'll lean on Dwayne washington and ej at all times but like if justice suing has his shot going justin cj I, cj i wouldn't necessarily call him like a lethal shooter from from long distance but if he can get to the basket i mean it just like i said I, part of the reason i'm so optimistic about ohio state going far in the tournament is just because you can't just shut down two guys. If you shut down two guys, two other guys will step up. I'm sure a lot of other teams are like that too, but I, I just feel like Ohio State is so team-oriented this year on offense, and it will basically just come down to their defense and see if they can stop teams. Yeah, I think defense is definitely the key. That's why you'll see a steady dose of Musa Jallo throughout the rest of this month. Um, I think that the guys are locked in at a high level um, where they realize that, uh, I mean, this coaching staff, if I know them well, they're preaching defense every single day. So uh, defense is – it wins championships. It's important for sure. Yeah, and for those unfamiliar, um, two things. Kyle Young is in a concussion protocol again, the second time in a month-ish, I think. So um, Holtman said recently – I think it was – I can't think – I think it was this morning. He's not sure if Kyle Young will be available. Friday or even this weekend. Hopefully he will be because he's an X factor, obviously. Um, and secondly, how the entire tournament being in and around Indianapolis, does that change anything as far? Cause you don't have to, the farthest you're traveling is what, like probably 45 minutes in the bus. Does that change anything as far as like team chemistry goes considering you're with them in a hotel this whole time or traveling goes considering you're not in an airplane at all either. Um, I think that's a bit overblown, the traveling aspect. Uh, I think that that was like our favorite part about the NCAA tournament was the fact that we're getting on a plane and going to these different spots. And if we win, you know, make sure you pack a bag in case we win and go to the Sweet 16 because we might be flying straight there. You know, stuff like that um, is pretty exciting and a really, really cool part about the NCAA tournament. Obviously, I'm sure there's some, some you know, indirect – impacts where yeah traveling on a plane is not great for your body so i'm sure that that um you know that's important as well i think that the overarching theme is that in order to win this ncaa tournament you better be really really close with your teammates because you're going to be with them 24 7 for the entire month and i think that that is uh definitely a, a good 
uh, omen for this team because they clearly really like each other, are really, really good friends, and they've been doing this virtually. Uh, or They've been doing this pretty much since the summer, right, where they've been together nonstop, working out, hanging out, eating, et cetera, et cetera. This is nothing new to them. And they've already been in this bubble for a week because of the, because of the Big Ten tournament. So I think they're uh, – they'll be just fine but the traveling aspect is not something that's like uh you know it's not yeah it's it's not a huge deal i don't think yeah a bit overrated um yeah and me and joey talked prior to this podcast for a minute or two about the ohio state is say i'll knock on wood if ohio state makes it to the national championship they will be quarantined in the same hotel for four and a half weeks and joey brought up that he thinks that they all get their own room but still, imagine just living in the same hotel for f- four and a half weeks and just seeing everyone that you all you see the same people day in and day out. I guess you're gonna do it just because you wanna win the whole damn thing. I guess you'd say. But still, like hotel life, I guess the adrenaline's there because I mean, you obviously the longer you stay in the hotel, the longer you go in the tournament. But I just feel like it's got to be so weird to just be quarantined in a hotel and you get out of the hotel to go practice, go back to the hotel, get out of practice to go to the game, go back to the hotel. It just got to be such a different experience than it ever was. Basically. I definitely think it's different, but I got to tell you, I'd be thrilled to be doing it. I think it sounds like such a blast. All you're thinking about 24 seven is basketball and you're hanging out. You got your own room. You bring your Xbox, you play video games, you eat, you see your boys. And you just hoop, and the longer and the more you win, the longer you stay. No one's mad about that. So true, uh, true. I, I think, uh, yeah. I mean, on the surface, pro- probably not exciting, but like I would give anything to be in that bubble with the guys that I played with. We'd have such a blast. So I, I, I think, um, don't don't be worried about these guys. They'll be just fine. Yeah, and like you said, they're really close. So I, I mean, imagine if. I don't think too often that you hate someone on your college team, but imagine if you like hated someone and you just had to see them twenty four seven. I've had teammates that I've hated. I don't don't want to be in the bubble with my freshman or sophomore teams. I want to be in there with my junior or senior teams. And I'm like you said, I'm glad this team's close because you need a team. You need like and like you said, if you're hanging out with your closest friends 24-7, that's awesome. But if you're hanging out with people that you hate 24-7, you're probably like, get me the hell out of here. So I'm just glad. I mean, I'm sure, like I, like I said earlier, I'm sure a lot of these teams in the NCAA tournament are close. But if Ohio State has a group that is close-knit, they're only going to get closer, and they're only going to want to be more. T- and, I mean, 24-7, you're thinking about basketball. You're either playing basketball or thinking about it. So I mean, Or playing video games to keep your mind off of it. But either way. I guess it sounds tough, but it would be pretty sweet. Yeah, I mean, I, I would, I'd kill for that right now. I'd, I'd love, I'd love it. So I'm, uh, if people, uh, you know, I, I'm, I'm wired a different way than some people. Some people would go to the bubble and complain about the food. I would just, I would just sit there and complain that, you know, I wasn't in the bubble longer. So uh, I'm, I'm, I'm all for bubbles. I'm all for it. For sure. All right, looking at the bracket, there's bound to be upsets. But if Ohio State, if there are no upsets in Ohio State's region, they're going to have Oral Roberts. Assuming they win, they're going to have Oral Roberts, Florida, Arkansas, and then most likely Baylor. Um, 
Baylor is obviously the top team. They're, they're the second best team in the tournament, I'd say. Behind, actually, I'd put them up there with Illinois too. But Ohio State, did they go one and two against Illinois? I think they went one. And, they both won on the road, and then they lost in the Big Ten championship. Correct? Yep, exactly. Um, so or Roberts, they're very good offensively, but they struggle defensively. Correct? Is that right? I think they're like a running gun team. Yeah, I think it's fair to say that they shoot a ton of threes, they make a ton of threes, and they're really, really bad on on defense. That's what I think the synopsis is. So they live and die off the three. I, I guess in March, especially if you're like an underdog, that's kind of the way to go because if you're feeling it, you can beat anyone. Yeah. But I just – yeah, like I said earlier, Ohasi just has so many weapons. I don't see them losing as a two-seed in the first round of the NCAA tournament. But who, sure if you – yeah, exactly. Besides Baylor, who is your next biggest threat in that side of the bracket? Um, I think there's a couple teams that Ohio State can play um, beyond the Sweet 16. Obviously, that's when the, the really good teams – that's when you play the really good teams when you're a two-seed. Um, I think that Arkansas and Texas Tech, the winner of that game, hypothetically, um, if they play each other, is going to pose an interesting matchup for different reasons. Um, I think that Arkansas plays a style that is the complete opposite of Ohio State, where they are very run and gun, press, pressure, play fast, take a quick shot, um, play a lot of guys, blah, blah, blah. Whereas, you know, we're a little bit different than that. Um, but then Tech is more of like a mirror image to us, where they have a coach that um, has been a lot of different places and won a lot of different places and has his style. Um, which is defense first, and they win, and they've been there before, uh, which would be another interesting matchup for us. So I think that those are two very different games, but both pose uh, some some different threats to, to us advancing. Um, and the winner of that game has a great chance to, to keep advancing. I mean, that's just how March Madness works. If you're going to be playing a team in the Sweet 16 Elite Eight, uh, it means that that team is playing well and that team is really good. So whoever we play is going to be playing some good basketball. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. And like, like, or Roberts, if they have the hot hand, they could beat anyone. And that's what March comes down to. If you're, like you said, if you're playing well, you have the hot hand, anyone could beat anyone. It's March, which is what makes this time of year so absolutely awesome. Nothing's given in March. Every year, the teams, regardless of seed, get closer and closer in, in skill, capability, et cetera. I mean, like 16 seed beat a one seed a couple of years ago. Who's to say that can't happen again this year? You know, so uh, the, the every mid-major players are fantastic on fantastic teams. And every year there are upsets because um, the, the players are getting better and they're more and they're more and more capable of winning these games. And that's why. You have to operate under the assumption that nothing is given in March, regardless of your seed, and that's why it's the best sporting event in in the history of sports. It really is. As as like a week, like a multiple week, then you're exactly right. It is the best sporting event because, like you said, nothing is given. Virginia lost as a one seed to a sixteen seed three years ago, and then came back two years ago and won it all. Which yep. shows exactly that. I mean, they went from losing the worst loss in NCAA tournament history to winning it all the following year, which makes March so March Madness so awesome. No matter where it's played, 
no matter who's playing. I mean, it's great basketball from, and I mean, Friday and Saturday, first round of the tournament, you have basketball on. If you're on the East Coast, you have it on from noon to 1 a.m. If you're on the West Coast, you have it on from the time you wake up to 11 p.m. So I'm, I'd, I'm so excited it's back. Um, I don't, I'm just so excited. I obviously it's better that Ohio State's in it, but I'm, I'm a bas- or I'm a sports junkie, so I'm just excited to watch college basketball for hours on end Friday night after work and then all day Saturday. Absolutely, I couldn't agree more. All right, so I won't ask you for a um a prediction for Ohio State. I don't want to jinx anything, but. No, I, I don't want to ha- say or ask you who you have won it all or anything either, because that might involve Ohio State. What I'll has to go you, right? Go on. How about I, how about I, how about I do this? I'll, uh, I'll tell you, if it's not Ohio State, who's going to win the national championship? How about that? All right. If it's not Ohio State, who's going to – well, put it this way. Final four, national championship, national champion. You can't include Ohio State. You can't, I can or can't? You can't, can't. you can't, because that means you'll have them losing or win at all. So I feel like you don't want them to predict that they'll lose, but you also don't want to jinx it. That's fine. We'll just say, uh, I think that the the most likely championship matchup is Illinois versus Gonzaga. I think Illinois is the best team in the country. Gonzaga is not far behind. Um, I'm going to take Illinois to win it all because... They are playing incredibly well, and I truly, truly believe they're the best team in the country. Defensively, offensively, they got a hungry, hungry coach. They got great, great role players in a deep bench. They have arguably, you know, well, he's a first-team All-American and Io. Kofi's incredible. Curbelo is, I think he's literally the best player on the team. Um, And... And it's just I think that they've got all the makings to to win in March as they proved by winning the Big Ten tournament. Um, and hopefully they if, – if Ohio State can't do it, hopefully they can do it and, and reverse this curse of big teams not winning um, the national championship. But I would say that my final four, if it doesn't include Ohio State, which I truly think that if we get to play Baylor, that will be such a fun game. But I guess it will be Baylor, Illinois, Gonzaga – so three number one seeds. And then the bottom left quadrant, which I don't know what region that is, not going to be Michigan. I think Michigan's in for a bit of a rude awakening without livers. Um, I think it comes down to who wins, Texas or Alabama. That team will advance to the Final Four. Uh, I, I'll, for, th- for this, I'll say Alabama. They play a very fun style of basketball the same way that if I was coaching the team, how they would play. Um, and – uh, Nate Oates has done a spectacular job. They play – they're so great on defense. They shoot the ball so well. They've got a lot of great pieces. So I'll take them as uh, as my fourth Final Four team. Yeah, I I was saying when Ohio State – or prior to Ohio State beating Michigan, Livers is such a huge loss for them. I wish there was a way that Ohio State could have been the two seed in Michigan's bracket because – I would have taken Ohio State all day, but I yeah. that NCAA rules don't allow that. But it's crazy just how losing one player and a like the senior leader. I think he's yeah, he's a senior, the leader of that team and the guy that plays the most minutes. I mean, that's such a huge loss to them, and it's to be hard to make up for it, especially when they go up against the other top teams in the country. Yeah, it'll be interesting. It, it's 
you can't reinvent yourself this late in the year. It's just, it makes it really tough, you know? Absolutely. All right, Joey, thanks for joining us for a uh, quick little podcast on the best sporting event of the year overall weeks long. We're not going to talk about super or anything, but weeks long best sporting event of the year. And it's what three days away. We're two and a half days away from basketball being on all day. I know. Can't wait. Appreciate you having me on. Um, it's always fun to talk about hoops. And uh, yeah, I can't wait to just have my eyes glued to a television for hours and hours on it. I, literally hours and hours and hours. Oh, I can't wait. But yeah, go Bucks. And hopefully it's a great NCAA tournament. Yes, sir. Go Bucks. Pit Pass Moto, sponsored by Moto America, is the show that keeps you up to speed on the latest in motorcycling and brings the biggest names in motorcycle racing right to you. From candid interviews with the top names in racing to providing insights into the trends and trendsetters driving the motorcycle industry, we have you covered. New episodes are available every Thursday at pitpassmoto.com and on your favorite podcast app. Ride on!